Greetings, groovers, seekers of sophistication and lovers of literature. How are you doing? Tis I, Nicholas of Hennigan, on Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. Broadcasting to you, coming at you from uh, the greatest capital city in the world. Yep, live from London. Sorry about that, New York, and excusez-moi, Paris, but c'est London. How you doing? Uh, another packed literary London for you uh, today. Uh, we're going to be going back to the book fair, the London book fair. There were so many people, uh, so many great characters I got talking to. Um, we're going to be hearing from um, a very exuberant writer. <laughs> Who, who I think you're going to enjoy. We're also talking to a couple of publishers. Um, and of course, uh, we're also, we might squeeze in something. We've got literary anniversaries to look at. Writers and artists who were born on uh, this week uh, and also those that we lost. So I'll be having a look at that as well. I just wondered how your Shakespeare's birthday was. I mean, the 26th of April, kind of, we're not quite sure, are we really, when, when uh, Shakespeare was born. Uh, but certainly his uh, birth was registered at the church in Stratford-upon-Avon in Warwickshire, which is my manor. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, and I've been completely wrapped up myself in Shakespeare over this last week. I led uh, a Shakespeare's tavern tour on the south bank of London uh, over the weekend, last weekend. It was great. We had a gang of really keen theatre goers as well, which was good fun. Uh, and we looked at, uh, obviously, we went to Shakespeare's Globe, which everyone does. But also we went to the very first... Shakespeare Theatre, or the very first Jacobean Theatre, I should say, the Rose Theatre, which is now actually under an office block. If you want to know more, have a look back through the previous podcasts uh, on the LondonLiteraryPubCrawl.com website. Go to the podcast page, and I talked to people from the Rose Theatre. I've been there a couple of times, actually. Um, they're a good old bunch. They're actually closed on the Sunday, but if you are ever in uh, London, and you want to look at a real kind of a real life relic. I have to say, there's not an awful lot to see <laughs> because the foundations of the first theatre, the first Jacobean theatre in London, have been filled in to keep them uh, sort of safe. But there's a brilliant exhibition, and you literally kind of enter a door under an office block. Mm. Have a listen back. Go to the London uh web page. And then uh, check on the click on the podcasts page. Oops, I should turn my email up tonight. Uh, and just have a look at um, at the Rose Theatre because it's quite it's quite a remarkable, quite a remarkable place. We went there and then we ended up in a Blackfriars pub via a few other places. The Blackfriars pub is also incredible. It's down by Blackfriars uh, Blackfriars uh, tube station, near the near the embankment, I suppose, near the River Thames. We cross over the Wibbly Wobbly Bridge which goes from Tate Modern to St. Paul's Cathedral, called the Wibbly Wobbly Bridge because it's, it's actually the Millennium Bridge. But when it first opened, the design is quite remarkable. There's, it's a suspension bridge, but the kind of suspended bits are out at the side. I'm sure you'll have seen the bridge. It's, it's quite you know popular, photographed a lot. And when it first opened, the technology meant that once they got lots of people on it, the bridge kind of wibbled and wobbled. It was safe but it moved around. They obviously closed the bridge and they fixed all that. And it's a lovely bridge to walk over because as you walk over the bridge from Tate Modern on the South Bank, St Paul's Cathedral is framed in front of you as you walk. So uh, we did that. We went to a pub called The Cockpit, uh, which is uh, near whereby Shakespeare had uh, probably the, the best documented um, example of Shakespeare living in London is actually by Ireland Yard, by a, co a pub called The Cockpit. 
If you didn't know where it was, you probably wouldn't be able to find it. Well, of course, I'm sure you can Google it. Island Yard is where we know Shakespeare bought. Uh, it was actually the old gatehouse for the Blackfriars Monastery. It's not there now, sadly. Uh, but we know he bought that. And there was some talk of him uh, actually turning it into a, an extra sort of theatre studio space. Uh, but uh, yeah, he ended up coming back to stratford upon avon and then dying, so it didn't happen. And then we went to Blackfriars, and the Blackfriars pub, of course, because of the Blackfriars Monastery, was saved in the 1960s by none other than Sir John Betjeman, former poet laureate, uh, and a man who put his foot down when he liked things. And thank goodness he did, because the Blackfriars pub is quite spectacular. Uh, the kind of the Art Nouveau decoration inside is, is incredible. Um, and again, I'm not sure where I've got it. I've got a, I've got a YouTube channel. Yeah, get me. Oh, I think it's called Literary London YouTube channel. And I actually did a little film inside the Blackfriars pub last year. Uh, so it's quite remarkable. I suppose I would be a bit more together really get the links for you. Anyway, watch this space. If you want to know, just get in touch. You can, as always, get in touch. I'm Nick Hennigan. Uh, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk is probably the easiest address to get me on. Radio at mavericktheatre. That's one word. And theatre spelt in the traditional British way. T-R-E. Not theatre as in T-E-R. Like our beautiful colonials do. Uh, uh, so if you'd like to get in touch, then please do. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. And hello to Kath from California. How are you doing, Kath? Kath used to listen uh, when Literary London was on Friday nights at 7 o'clock. And she just got in touch and said, I'm still at the beach. I still listen online. Say hello. So I have. Thank you, Kath, in California. So, as I say, we're going back to the book show, the book fair. Some incredible characters I'd like you to meet on this episode of uh, Literary London on Resonance 104.4 FM. But before that, I'm outside uh, the National Theatre. I'm off to see a play. It's an interesting play for all sorts of reasons. The National Theatre, of course, is on the South Bank. Um, and uh, this play is called Absolute Hell. Absolute Hell. Hell. And uh, it's quite a provocative play written by Rodney Ackland. Uh, it was condemned when it was first performed in 1952 as a libel on the British people. So uh, it's now quite an interesting look at post-war Soho. Uh, it's uh, directed by Joe Hill Gibbons. And I've no idea what it's like, but I'm about to go and see it. So this time next week, wait for a review. I'm a terrible theatre reviewer, I am, though. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I make theatre myself, and I know how tough it is. So, I'm sure it'll be fine, but uh, yes, the, the, the blurb for Absolute Hell at the National Theatre says, Bomb-blasted London, a Soho den in the hangover from World War Two, where members drink into the darkness night after night. Lying, fighting and seducing, these lost souls and bruised lovers struggle from the rubble of war towards an unknown future. How's that? Yes. So the 1950s are kind of a weird time in London. It was post-war. As you may know, uh, London suffered quite badly in the war. During the Blitz, over a million buildings were destroyed. Uh, and so uh, in the 1950s, it was kind of weird. The 60s hadn't happened yet, man. So I'm quite looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I'll let you know about it next week. I'm also madly at the moment. Other news from me. We're going to the Edinburgh Festival. Okay, the new. So if you're in Edinburgh, I mean, I, I must just tell you, between me and you. Have you got a minute? Yeah, just between me and you. I last went to the Edinburgh Festival in 1997. I had produced uh, and I'd written. Uh, I didn't direct, but it was a slog. Uh, I, got, I was looking after a boy as well, a, a, a lovely lad, Justin. Um, it was a real slog. That was 1997, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. So what am I doing now? 
I've written and directed three shows. Count them. One, two, three. When I say written, adapted is more like it. My adaptation, oh, we're doing a Christmas carol. Yeah, we're doing a Christmas carol in Edinburgh with Guy Masterson performing. And as he says in his blurb, they do it in Australia, so why not in Edinburgh? So uh, I directed that uh, last year. So that's up there at the Edinburgh Festival. Also, my adaptation that launched Maverick Theatre and kind of got me into writing back in 1992 at the Edinburgh Festival called Henry V, Line of England. Uh, it's been on an international tour since then. It's been to the USA, it's been to Europe, it's been on UK tour. So we're kind of bringing it back home to celebrate the 25th, or actually it's 26 years, isn't it? So we're going to be doing that in the Edinburgh Festival. And I'm also doing a new version of a kind of a play I played with a few years ago called Hamlet. Hamlet, Horatio's Tale. Uh, it's obviously based on Shakespeare's Hamlet, but it tells Hamlet's story from Horatio's point of view. Um, and I'm hoping it's going to be good. I hope so. It's going to be a world premiere. I like uh, uh, music by Rob Williams and we've just found our actor. Oh, I should say as well, we're having one actor playing both parts. But I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Right now, it's back, back I say, back to the London Book Fair. I was just walking along the corridor when I was so nicely pounced upon, because you saw the microphone, by, by John John Jones. Uh, hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I'm so glad you did stop me, because you're a writer. Woo! Yeah, that's right. I write novels, books, short stories, poetry, you name it. I write it. <laughs> and what's, so what's brought you here? You've got a, you've got a book coming out at the moment, presumably. Uh, yeah, I've got a book coming out. It's, uh, it was actually out already. It's called Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Uh, it's my interpretation of an adventure classic. It's all about a tiger hunt set in colonial India that goes wrong. <laughs> so, it goes very wrong. So I just practice. Someone else was talking about how many films are now made out of books earlier on. So, well, you know. well hopefully, so yes. How, and so, uh, how long have you been? How long have you been writing for? Uh, I've been writing since uh, since my teenage years in various guises, uh, poetry and short stories, and it eventually um, culminated in me finishing my first children's novel, Aaron the Alien. Book plug. Um, which <laughs> <That's is fine. laughs> oh good I've got plenty to plug but I'm seeking traditional representation for that um, so the one that's out at the moment is Tiger 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 um, it's my interpretation of an adventure classic big fan of HG Wells Conan Doyle Jules Verne a big Bondian love Fleming um, so yeah it's my interpretation of an adventure classic um, also I'll tell you listeners you've got to check this out this is going to be crazy so if you go on my website, johnjohn.co.uk, which is j-o-n-j-o-n.co.uk, you can see the brand new book trailers for Victorian adventure stories. That's right, Victorian adventure stories. It's a bit like H.G. Wells kind of influenced style, where I set different things around London, playing with London history, but you get to see me on the screen on YouTube via my website. I mean, how good does it get? <laughs> Better than that, you can come to my book launch. My name's John John. Where's the book launch? <laughs> oh, you have to go uh, I haven't said the date yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. And you sound like you've got a bit of a local accent here, mate. Um, I'm actually originally from Bedford. Um, yeah, grew up there. Um, lived in Norwich for a few, well, over 10 years. Moved to Norwich and came down to London. Uh, I love London. You know, it, it's the, the hub of publishing in the UK. I just love it. And so, what, obviously, you're a man who knows how to do a bit of promotion, which is fantastic. <laughs> What's brought you to the book fair? So are you just literally here as a, uh, so you sort of bought a ticket and you've come in as a writer just to see what's going on, or are you attached to a particular style? I know you've got your book bob 
uh, <laughs> lanyard on. Oh uh, yeah, uh, so uh, pay attention, book bub. That I have been advertising you via your via your lanyard for the whole fair, by the way. But uh, no, so uh, I'm a writer, and I'll just say say to other authors out there, you know, uh, I come to the London Book Fair because I I learn so much. There's great seminars going on. I meet great friends, uh, make great network connections. You know, and you learn about the industry. I've just been, now just been uh, tapping up Lonely Planet about my travel uh, books, just asking for key information and stuff. And that's what it's all about. And everyone's in that spirit of writing books, promoting literature. It's just such a great place, such a great feeling and such a great opportunity. Yeah, oh, well said that man, because I did wonder, this is my first time here as well, even though literally London's been broadcasting for a few years now, uh, and it is very corporate, there's a lot of corporate business going on as well. So what you're saying in a sense is that if you're, if you're a writer, it's well worth the price of admission. It's not cheap, is it? But it's well worth the price of admission just to kind of come down and see what's happening. Um, yes, I, I personally, I, I, love, I come every year. I think it's well worth the price. Um, so a note on that. Yes, it is a trade fair. So you've got publishers, agents, and dealing with each other, do, do, selling rights, etc. Um, but you know what? Without us, they wouldn't exist. So the way I look at it is Good this. Point. Uh, yeah, I come along with full confidence, but with the right attitude and the right spirit. I don't disturb people who are busy, I respect them, but hey, if they've got time to listen to me, I've got time to listen to them, and we might make a deal, and we might change the world. Perfect. So just tell us the website again, John John. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's John John, www.jon-jon.co.uk. Brilliant. And oh, we're good luck with Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. Well, thank you very much, Nick. It's been an absolute pleasure, sir. And I, uh, have a good rest of the fair. Yes, you too, sir. Do you go for a drink afterwards? I was just about to say that. Oh, well, we'll have yep. a chat in a minute. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So, that was nice talking to that author. Now, I'm just walking, walking slowly at the top, and I've come across a bar, which is, yeah, I know, strange. And it's called the Walking Dead Bar. Now, I don't know if you know the television series. It's about zombies, really. And there's, hello, zombie Tom. Hello there. <laughs> Not at all. No, I know you're just working here. So just tell us why the Walking Dead Bar. Um, so I believe one of the illustrators or one of the writers for the comic book um, are doing a little talk here. Um, so they kind of wanted this here as a little publicity stunt and I think they have some wine that they're selling that is uh, Walking Dead framed <laughs> as well. So it seems like quite a nice idea. I've had um, a talk with one of the guys who's doing deals and stuff with uh, the people in The Walking Dead. Seem like very nice guys and yeah, it's a good show so I'm happy to be a part of it. Do you watch it on the telly, The Walking Dead? I do indeed, yeah, 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 I'm a follower. I got a bit fed up though by about series <laughs> nine. You know that jumping the shark moment? Anyway, I won't say that. Oh, well, thank you, Tom. Very Thanks well. very much, mate. Have you been busy? Uh, yeah, fairly busy. It's been a good bar so far, so yeah, it's a good show. All right, mate, I'll move out of the way so I want to drink. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Oh, I'm walking on. I'm walking on. So, I've moved downstairs now, I've actually got to the ground floor. Spookily, I went to talk to HarperCollins and they wouldn't talk to me. However, I also went to Random House Penguin, they wouldn't talk to me either. I don't know why. Maybe I've been hanging around too much. Maybe I need to change my deodorant. Fortunately, someone that will talk to me is this man, whose name I don't know actually. Oh, it's Matthew. Matthew, and you're Omnibus Press. And you've got a fantastic stand here at the London Book Fair. Just tell us a bit about your press and your speciality. Oh. Okay, so we're a music writing publisher. Uh, we publish books, autobiographies, biographies, um, comics, art books, all about music uh, and musicians. 
Fantastic. And, and how long have you been going for? You got a, I mean, I, you know, usurped myself. I've looked at your catalogue. Fantastic catalogue. Oh, fantastic. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's, uh, we've been going for over 20 years now. Um, and we sort of recently moved more into autobiographies um, rather than biographies and sort of bringing people over, running events uh, and trying to try to bring an experience to the books outside of it. As a, for instance, we've got uh, Jake Shears from the Scissor Sisters autobiography coming up. Uh, he's coming over the first week in May and he'll be doing uh, an event in London with Waterstones uh, and an event in Brighton with Waterstones. So it's very much that sort of thing. We had Jimmy Webb over last year. Uh, we've got Sylvain Sylvain coming over and we're currently uh, having a launch for our Billy Fury biography, Halfway to Paradise. Fantastic, some good stuff. And uh, uh, so if anyone wants to know more about you and your, your titles, what should they do? Where should they find you? Okay, so uh, it's www.omnibuspress.co.uk uh, and there's contact details on there if anyone wants to be happy to send them over a catalogue um, or keep an eye on record stores. We've started moving a lot more into record stores because obviously the retail, the people who buy in those retailers like music. Um, so keep an eye on independent record stores are doing very well. Pledge Music, we do a lot of signed editions from. Uh, and obviously Waterstones and Amazon. Yeah, of course, and record shops, sort of records are making a bit of a comeback now, aren't they? The old, the old discs. Yeah. Oh, I remember the discs. Oh, are yeah. you a collector? Uh, I do. Well, actually, I used to work in radio for a few years. Funny enough, doing this job now. <laughs> yeah, so I've got quite a few old, uh, when they used to bring out picture discs through the sort of late 70s. And, yeah, yeah. yeah I got, so I'm not really a collector, I've just ha I have a collection, right. as it were. So, and what's the event? How, how's the London Book Fair been for you? And what does it sort of mean? your business I mean because there's a few beers floating around here I notice a couple of bottles of doom bar and there's you've got a very busy stand yeah I mean it's, uh, we're having a launch now for, say for the Billy Fury book uh, but more generally it's about making sure that we've got a presence that people know the books we've got that they can see the books that they can see what our priorities are they can come and talk to us about opportunities we have um, and also making deals and just having people in one place um, the other thing is, it's sort of it is heartening in um, in a world where print is seen as struggling to sort of come here and see so many people who care and really, really, really love books. And this is what they're driving, you know, their, their, their careers on. This is what they're trying to do. Um, Harper Collins have got some amazing stuff coming. It's really nice to be sort of sat close to them, same as Penguin. But um, you know, Bloomsbury, we've got Red Planet here. They're sharing our stand with us. Um, you know, it's just nice to be part of a community, uh, and I don't feel like you can put a price on that. No, but well said. It's actually my first time here, so uh, I, I share that. And, I, and we've spoken to some very kind of high-up corporate people, and they all seem to have that passion, which is kind of nice. Oh, it's wonderful. I mean, um, I assume it's the same for you, sort of being in radio. It's something that not everyone gets into. You're driven into it because there's something in it that really speaks to you. And I think that's the same with books. I think most people have... And it goes back to what you say about records coming back. Um, it's very difficult to have to link um, a memory to an intangible thing. Um, but I remember buying certain records. I don't know whether people um, remember the first time they hear something so much now it's on Spotify. Um, but certainly going into shops, going into bookshops and being able to feel part of a community in that respect and then going on from that be able to sort of come home with something that you'll read and sort of 
it sounds weird, but it's sort of a, a, the way when you when you read a book, it kind of starts to decay, it starts to break down, it goes on a journey with you. It's a beautiful thing, and it's it's really nice to sort of see that people still want to have that experience in some extent. Yeah, I mean, I completely get, get that. I, I wrote a thing called the London Literary Pub Crawl that goes out yeah. sort of every week in Soho, and, so, and people are passionate about the writers there. And I guess that the new media, the kind of the e-books, was a novelty. And it's still, there's a place for it, presumably. Absolutely. You could take all these books on holiday with you. But yeah, uh, and the, the, apparently the figures bear that out as well. People are now returning to print. Yeah, I'd say people are returning to print, but I, I think that... Um, I think the... I, the ebook is definitely still here to stay uh, apart from anything um, if you as you get older you can change the font size on an ebook so you don't need large print anymore you could buy that book and reread it whenever um, a lot of people my mum for instance um, she looks at something like Wolf Hall um, or our Jimmy Page biography and goes bloody hell 600 pages if you can put that on a Kindle that does not weigh as much as it is when you go on holiday you know, no one wants to take Infinite Jest on holiday, but if you put it put it in a uh, at a Kindle, that's great. You can just walk around with it. So the ebook's definitely got its place. Um, and actually, uh, we sort of we, we we work with a music publisher as well, and they're currently bringing together their ebooks and their their, their print titles, and they're making the ebooks do things. So when you get a, get a, get a uh, a bit of sheet music. You can play it, and it will listen to what you're playing on your mobile device, and tell you whether you're getting it right or wrong. So e-books are still very, very, very early doors, you know. Yeah, the interactive book seems to be just round the corner. Yeah, which probably would suit you actually, because your books are very lush, aren't they? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And like as, as things develop, definitely that'll be the way it goes into it. And certainly, our e-books already have links to playlists. If you're going through, if you're reading, you know, if you're reading a book, um, if you're reading our Loudon Wainwright book. And he talks about writing a certain song. It's only natural you want to hear that song. So we have Spotify playlists to go around with it. And we can link to extra resources. So there's a lot of things you can do with it. But the heart of it is still the book. And a well-written book. And a, you know, a book that people treasure and love. And what's your passion? Is it books or publishing? I mean, have you always been into books? I, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 um, I, I, it's a cliche, but you know, books, books save my life. I, I genuinely believe that. Uh, I, I, I never would have thought that um, I would have ended up working in publishing. I came from a small town in the Midlands where there was a bookshop and books that they came in from somewhere else, this mythical other land um, made by giants. And now I can see them being made and I can share it with other people. Um, and it was, you know, it's, it's something that I genuinely feel incredibly grateful for incredibly happy for um, and I do love doing it um, yeah books are so, it's such a special thing to see it go from someone comes in and goes I've got an idea and it gets developed and we talk about the cover and we try and make it into the best um, object that we can then it goes out to the retailers and you make them excited about it and you do, do events and you um, give birth is rather grand but you know this this thing happens um, it's an amazing thing to be part of and not everyone does you know still people still want to be part of it it's increasingly hard to get into the one thing that I do think we are that I'm, I'm glad I'm glad is happening is that there is more of a commitment to diversity and it's becoming easier for working-class people in very small gradients to get involved in publishing 
um, because it was something that I never would have thought I could do until I it happened. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, it's my in a sense, it's uh, literature. I'm doing literary London because of the literature. Uh, but absolutely, in theatre, I tend to write screenplays, uh, and theatre is still a place where there's, there's, there's the working class don't really seem to have much of a voice. No, no. Um, I think that's like that in a lot of in a lot of places. Um, and with the cost of living in London, I don't know how people are going to move into it. You know, it's not in the not the eighties. You can't come down and live in a squat and you know find a way to get make through. You've got to come down and find somewhere to live and find you know work as an intern and keep your fingers crossed. But it's getting better. It is it is getting better. There are a lot of places that are making an effort to. Um, Penguin Random House, for instance, um, we don't have a policy on it either way, but Penguin Random House put a policy in where you don't have to have a degree anymore to work for them. And why should you? If you have started reading books and done a book blog and you know your way around a book, why shouldn't you be brought in to work on their marketing department? Um, that, you know, and people can't afford degrees anymore. It's a, it's a fantastic um, time where I think we're becoming more self-aware. We need to diversify um, business reasons as much as moral or ethical reasons and it's happening that's really exciting oh good for you that's well said that man <laughs> a lot of people at home going that's absolutely right i'm not from birmingham originally where are you from Amazing. um daventry oh daventry my folks moved there oh really british timkin yeah, my hey. granddad worked at british timkin <laughs> he probably knew my old man god bless him yeah it's a small world isn't it it's very well so, yeah uh, daventry is yeah, very small <laughs> and you're in london now are you i'm in london now tooting Oh, well done, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you've got to kind of love London. As a Midlander, I get it from you as well. You know, it's a lovely <laughs> place, but yeah, London kind of rocks. I'll say rocks on this stage. London rocks! Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. Lovely to talk to you. Oh, and welcome. I'm sorry to gatecrasher <laughs> the launch. What, what's the, so the next book is the Billy Fury thing? So it's the Billy Fury book, uh, Halfway to Paradise, by David and Caroline Stafford. Um, they've written many books for us previously. Um, it's an absolute corker. David used to write for Alexi Sale, um, so it's sort of there's it's uh, it's well written. It's got a personality to it, but it's a beautifully written book about a probably woefully misunderstood musician. It was uh, it wasn't the first rock and roll star that in the UK that was Cliff. It was the first one who wrote his own songs. Um, there's pictures in the books of the Beatles genuflecting in front of him. No Billy Fury, no Beatles. That's not an overstatement. Um, they tried to be his backing band and you know thankfully for everyone probably it didn't quite work out and they did their own thing um, but he's, he's a titan of, uh, of this music and he's never been given his due and I'm, I'm pleased we're, we're doing that now fantastic and it's uh, oh, uh, Omnibus Press Omnibus Press dot right, right, UK. UK. brilliant thanks again for your time oh, smashing you cheers much. mate thank you you're welcome cheers for that wasn't that fantastic Lovely guys. Thank you very much. There'll be more from the London Book Fair uh, next week on Literary London on uh, Resonance 104.4 FM. And of course on the podcast at any time of the day. Oh, we're regularly on at Thursdays at five now. I actually got my own time wrong. <laughs> Thursdays at five o'clock. And we're repeated Monday mornings at 11 a.m. If, you, uh, if you're a glutton for punishment. <coughs> Excuse me. It's the emotion. Or you can find these radio shows as podcasts at any time. Just go to www.londonliteraryPubCrawl.com londonliteraryPubCrawl.com and click on the podcasts page. And there's all sorts of stuff on there going back, well, a couple of years. Some interesting 
interesting people. And that was really interesting, wasn't it? The fact that the Beatles were genuflecting at the feet of Billy Fury. That's one to tell the kids. Uh, I'm Nick Hannigan. This is Literary London. Uh, just a quick few uh, anniversaries that we're celebrating this month. Hans Christian Andersen was born on April the 2nd in 1805. The boy done good. Also Washington Irving, April the 3rd, 1783. William Wordsworth, who wandered lonely as a cloud. The English romantic poet, born uh, April the 7th in 1770. And we lost a few in all. Graham Greene passed away in 1991, April the 3rd. Of course, Martin Luther King, we've already... Um, commemorated him uh who else could i tell you about isaac asimov i'm actually reading asimov again for the first time in years clever boy wouldn't he isaac asimov died april 6th in 1992 very famous science fiction author who wrote something like 400 books i think and i'm going to try and do more on isaac asimov in a program in the future we've got something lined up for that um in the meantime that's kind of almost it as i mentioned at the start of the show i'm completely engrossed at the moment with trying to write a version my version of hamlet it's called hamlet horatio's tale you can find it in edinburgh come and join me for the premiere um which is at the start of august at the edinburgh festival we're at the assembly rooms where, where are we george street i think it's called george street assembly rooms but i'll no doubt tell you more about that and congratulations to kizzy dunn kizzy dunn is our new henry v it's a bit like this you know who's going to be the new doctor who we've had that since i first did henry v in birmingham we're on our sixth henry v now remarkable for kizzy because not only is she going to be henry v she's also going to be hamlet We've got a few scary rehearsals to come. It'll be marvellous. In the meantime, that is it for me. Thank you very much for your company. If you want to get in touch, radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. I'll see you next time. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance 104.4 FM.